and his feet were beginning to feel very cold. His anorak hood was little protection from the gusty squalls, and his ears tingled at first and then began to stab him intensely. He knew that he needed somewhere to shelter, and he knew that shelter would be difficult to find up here, and he began to cry. He never knew how long he struggled across the moor, shivering and sobbing, his tears turning to ice which clung to his cheeks. He had no watch, and after what seemed like hours he stumbled and came to rest in the lee of a half-demolished dry stone wall where the snow provided a soft enough resting place for him to begin to relax as numbness succeeded the fierce pain in his feet and hands and ears. He no longer had the strength to get back to his feet. Someone would find him there, he thought. Someone would come. Half asleep, curled up with his arms round his knees in search of warmth he couldn't find, his mind wandered. Funny, to be lying here in so much snow, he thought. It was almost like the sand at Guincho, deep and soft and slippery, but cold and wet while the sand had been too hot to walk across to the sea. His father had been good then, enjoying the sunshine, taking him into the waves and jumping him over them in strong arms, the spray catching him harmlessly and making him scream in a frenzied mixture of fear and delight. Dad had been different then. Dad had been fun. None of this would have happened then. He closed his eyes and felt the snowflakes settle on the lids, but he could no longer find the energy to brush them off. He could not find the energy for anything any more. In spite of everything, he hoped his dad would come and fetch him soon. Perhaps then everything would be all right, and they could go back to the hot sun and the thundering, shimmering sea and the burning sand. That's what he'd like to happen, he thought, as he drifted into sleep beneath the deepening blanket of snow. He would like to see the sun and the foaming waves and the golden sand again. DCI Michael Thackeray pulled on the regulation plastic overalls he was required to wear before venturing into a crime scene with an expression of distaste. He knew he should not admit it, even to himself, but he found himself increasingly reluctant to become a voyeur of death. You didn't become more inured to it. In fact, he had found the reverse to be true, although he had undoubtedly become more expert at hiding his feelings when he faced the constant reminders of mortality, often bloody and frequently stomach-churning, which his career provided. Flurries of snow whipped around his legs and shoulders, sliding off the white plastic, but clinging to dark hair and eyebrows, and beginning to settle quickly on the frozen ground. Behind them, the hills had disappeared beneath heavy clouds rolling in fast from the north. It would not be long, he thought, before they were enveloped in the blizzard which seemed already to be raging across most of the Pennine Hills. Thackeray glanced at Sergeant Kevin Mower, who was tying plastic overshoes over his smart city loafers. From what they had been told before they had driven from police headquarters to this cottage at the very farthest edge of Bradfield, he knew that this particular catastrophe would test his stomach and his ability to disguise his feelings to the limit. Even as he pulled up his hood, 
Two anxious-looking paramedics appeared from round the side of the cottage, carrying a stretcher, and the inert form which lay on it, already attached to a drip, was painfully small. Children had been hurt here, or worse, and he found that the hardest thing of all to bear. "'Right?' he asked Moa brusquely, and together they moved through the cluster of parked police cars, past the ambulance, and into the narrow doorway of the cottage to be met by the grim-looking scene of crime officer. "'How many?' Thackeray asked, his mouth dry. Three, the Socko said. "'Woman and a child dead, another child as near as dammit. All shot.' Kevin Moa whistled faintly between his teeth. "'Weapon?' Thackeray asked, but the Socko shook his head his eyes shadowed and unreadable beneath the plastic hood. Everyone, Thackeray thought,